are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Vince McMahon is on my list of all-time heroes because <laughs> I, you know no because I'm a, I'm a benign dictator like Vince as well. No, I'm so I definitely hold him up on a on a pedestal more than I would do the the, the athletes or the entertainers or whatever. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV. Liverpool just got through to the fourth round of the FA Cup by beating the F with a bunch of children. We had children in the side. We literally put a team of children out. Hey everyone, it is the podcast, the Red Men podcast. Welcome aboard. It would be the most reprehensible, despicable act to not take, be able to take part in our domestic league competition anymore would be nothing short of absolutely disgusting. Just got to sit down with Jürgen Klopp. It's a bit of a weird, it was a bit of a geek moment for me, but when you come over at the player awards and said that you watched the videos like you are playing football these are the games you live for yeah. I watch yeah. you uh. no seriously all my respect for the work you're doing that's really cool yeah well I apologise for the strange noises I make when the goals go in like. <laughs> Alison Becker everyone it's jack from cultaholic back once again taking over tom campbell's series with desert island graps and today i am joined by the co-founder of i believe the oldest fan channel in the world of football paul machin is that right first of all is that correct yeah yeah we we, we precede all the ones that everyone's heard of anyway (laughs) (laughs) um just a tidbit for anybody listening who's familiar with owen who works for us here as well and who does the weekly football manager streams with myself on Twitch. He once worked for Redmen TV, which is Paul's, well, I say channel, it's a website. It's kind of a, you do written content, YouTube podcasts, all kinds of stuff, really. Yeah, uh, the full, the full, the full media gamut, everything we can get our hands on. Well, um, so I, I imagine when you knew Owen, he was just a young, just a young whippersnapper. <laughs> yeah, just a wee slip of a boy, just <laughs> starry-eyed and wanting to get himself into the world of, uh, of content creation. And uh, he made our content a lot better for the short period he spent with us. And then he, he does you stole them. Well. Yeah, um, basically. <laughs> um, yes, of course, it's it's Red Men TV. Any Liverpool fans out there, I'm sure, will already be familiar. Um, but also, Paul is a huge fan of wrestling. We've got a few Liverpool fans in the office who have reliably informed me that you drop in quite a lot of wrestling references in the football content as well from time to time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got a my big one at the moment is comparing Manchester United and how they run to the uh, the latter days of WCW. Uh, overbloated, <laughs> overbloated stars on ridiculous money that, that can't <laughs> deliver in the long term. Yeah, that's quite pertinent as well because we are recording this just days removed from Liverpool's five nil thrashing. It's a wonderful time to catch you five nil thrashing of Man United, yeah. a game that um, a few of us went down the pub and watched. And I mean, the Liverpool fans in our group were absolutely. I mean, they couldn't believe it, to be fair. Um, it, it must be, we'll get on to wrestling in a second, obviously, but it must be quite surreal. Um, Owen told me that you started um, at least the video side of things when Roy Hodgson was in charge. Kind of a, not dark days, I suppose, but certainly not, not the highs that Liverpool find themselves at right now. Oh, I think dark days is appropriate. Um, <laughs> Roy Hodgson, you know, I think England fans kind of got a little bit of a taste of that eventually that they understand. Uh, yeah, no, it was 20. We made a pilot in 2009 for the, the official Liverpool channel, uh, which didn't get picked up in the end. And then we took it to YouTube in 2010. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was. It was the end of Rafa Benitez, the start of Roy Hodgson. We presided. There was a period in time where I presided over the worst, most trophy barren period in football <laughs> club storied history, which did make me question my motivations at times but um yeah massively it's all sort of come good in the last few years we are here as well also to talk about wrestling of course we'll touch on a few various different things but as i mentioned uh, you are a huge wrestling fan we briefly met in london at a wwe press event uh i imagine sheamus is probably the wrestler that you've interacted with the most being a big liverpool fan yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I've not had too much in the way that interactions with, with the wrestlers. I, I, I mean, actually, I tell a lie, you know, the one who is, is D'Lo Brown. Mm. Um, D'Lo Brown's actually a good mate of mine off the okay. back of the Liverpool stuff, which is bizarre. Because um, yeah, it, it started, he's a, he's, a, he's a big Liverpool fan and he started following Redman. In fact, he, he came over, he came over years ago. He actually turned in a random, I didn't know this until years later. And the other wrestler that I've spoken to is uh, obviously Zach Gibson. Um, hmm. and Zach put on a, was putting on a wrestling event in Liverpool and brought D'Lo over and D'Lo come and hung out with us for a Liverpool-Chelsea game uh, which was pretty cool Does he know um, his stuff? Does he actually know like he's a proper yeah, fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah he right. does and he's one of them I, I get every time something big happens around Liverpool I get a DM off him on Twitter <laughs> just saying like oh what's what's going on with all of this like so yeah that's that's pretty cool as to say like I've got I get DMs from a, a member of the Nation of Dominations are pretty proud Pretty proud, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> we um we ran a show in Liverpool back at WCPW at the Olympia, which is a freezing cold venue. Uh, and I remember Bully Ray was there. And then the show the next night was in Manchester. So he, he, he had a Liverpool scarf with him. I know he's a Liverpool fan as well. And I think AC Milan. But he um he wore his Liverpool scarf only in Manchester just to get heat, which I thought was quite a quite a nice touch. He clearly knew his stuff. Yeah. Um, but the format of this show, Desert Island Graps, is we're going to drop you on a desert island. And your task is to pick three wrestling matches to take with you. Um, they can be from any era, any promotion. It doesn't matter if we've had people choose all WWE. We've had people choose non, no WWE. We've had wrestlers choose their own matches. Um, and then also there's a bit of a bonus round later on where it'll be one uh, movie, one album, and one luxury item. But we'll start off with the first of your three wrestling matches. Right. Um, I've had to, I mean, I'm sure everyone sort of has the laments over this one because when you asked me this, I, I, there was two that immediately, immediately sprang to mind. Um, and I realized that, and I think I've messaged this to you yet. Like I, I, I 
they probably don't make me a very cool wrestling fan to okay. reveal some of the choices I've gone for. And I did have, I had two. And then when I was thinking of my third, I, I did have to have a go. Like, oh, can I, can, I, can I pick something that makes me sound like I actually know what I'm, t- <laughs> I'm talking about? Um, but no, I haven't. I've gone for ones that just absolutely thrilled me in, in younger life. And I, I suppose I'll start with, hmm, I'll start with Hogan versus Rock, WrestleMania 18. Okay. Because of the, I mean, it was just the biggest thing that had ever happened. So that around that year, it's obviously early 2000s. So I'd have been 18, 19 or whatever around that point. So I'd come through my childhood, which was all Hulk Hogan. You're obviously in the, well into the attitude here by, by this point. And having that like meeting, meeting of them. And there's that moment and it's right at the start where they both go sort of nose to nose mm. and they, they look, one looks one way and they look the other way. And you just hear the crowd just coming up and up and up. And I re- it was a, a year or two ago, they did like the best WrestleMania matches or whatever on the network. And I I think I was like ill and I was like, I lay on the couch all day and just binged it. Yeah. And I got the hairs on the back of my neck stood <laughs> up watching this this match back again. So yeah, that that's, that's an amazing one for me. Yeah, that match is... I always see it as the ultimate proof that wrestling isn't necessarily about having the most flips and cool moves in the ring and everything. Because Hogan by this point was was getting on. The mm. Rock, I think, is really underrated in the ring, but has never been considered, you know, one of the great workers in wrestling history. But they're two of the biggest personalities. Obviously, Hogan's had his controversy since, but yeah. that moment's really undeniable. All they have to do is just one look and the crowd are in the palm of their hands, really. Yeah, you go back and you look at all the, all the promo and the build-up to it as well. And again, it was played perfectly for Hogan because it was like the last hurrah for him. So obviously, you know, he has the, the WWF days and then he's gone and done the end up, you know, but the, the, the piss poor Hulk Hogan bit at the start <laughs> with WCW and then obviously with the NWO. And I love the fact that it was great for me to get him to have him back in because I was just a huge Hulk Hogan fan as a kid because you couldn't not be. I suppose mm. it's like being under 18, under maybe under, under early twenties to younger, and you couldn't not have been a Cena fan, I guess. At this, at this, at this sort of point, for me, it was Hogan, Hogan and the Warrior, um, and to then have him come back and then just sort of have like one last reignition of that the heat that he got from the NWO stuff in WCW. So it was great to kind of meld at the my childhood era and my teenage era, and then he was good in the match as well. You know, yeah. like it's it's it felt like he. It, that should have been his last match. Yeah. Like he gave, that was the last really physically good match that Hulk Hogan gave. Um, and it's not, as you say, it's not, it's not brilliant. It's not, a, you know, it's not a, a peak Bret Hart match or anything like that, but it's got enough in there. You know, he gets good height on the, on the leg drop yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, just the electricity of it. It was a pure geeky, the kiddie side of thing that you love with, you know, the poses and the noise and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love it. As a, I'm assuming you you became a wrestling fan as a child in the Hulkamania era, maybe verging on a bit of warrior by the sounds of it, like WrestleMania six sort of time. It was a little. So I I always remember this because we got we got Sky and then we got me my sister. Um, and I can never. I always have to remember. I remember when my sister was born because we got Sky the summer of uh, the SummerSlam with the match made in heaven, match made in hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that my sister was born the January that followed. And that's always how I remember. Right, fair <laughs> I remember enough. how old she is. Um, but like, so it was, it was very much the nineties, the nineties onwards. So, but also in that period, you, 
you just went, you rented the videos of the of the main events. So they'd all been in Blockbuster or whatever at the time. So then going back and back and buying or renting sort of the early WrestleMania. So WrestleMania six and and you know Macho Man and stuff. Yeah, they were the ones that were. Yeah, because you go. I think you go too much earlier than four, and it's it's a different product back mm. then. WrestleMania four, five, six onwards. Yeah, that that they're the ones that I really yeah really became a fan with. So as a as a big Hogan fan in your childhood, does it bother you that Hogan lost that match at WrestleMania eighteen? No, if only because it was. I, I, I'll be honest. It makes it makes the Rock kick out work mm. because it was perfectly feasible that Hogan could have done that because that's what he, Hogan did at WrestleMania's almost to a fault. Yeah. If you go watch WrestleMania nine back, of course. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, that, that, that adds to the, the tension of it, but I love the rock as well. The rock was brilliant. And, and you think about by that point, you know, being, being, being 18 all, all we and we were all into, into new metal and metal and, and, and you know, and Edmonton rock clubs and, and just quote, quote, quoting the rock and quoting, DX and all that kind of stuff. We adored all those guys as well. So it felt, as I say, it felt like the perfect, the perfect match for where I was as a wrestling fan at the time. Did you ever go through, I personally did, but did you ever go through a, a lapse period like in your teens where you kind of hid or even stopped watching wrestling for a few years? Yeah, I, absolutely. It's funny because the John Cena thing doesn't, I don't get it. I never, I've never understood Cena because when I stopped watching wrestling, he was, he did, it was, the, him doing really cringy raps. Yeah. For me, I, I, you know, I know some people adore that stuff, but that for me, I was a bit like, why is he, that's just a bit weird. You know, it, it all, it all felt a bit trite or whatever. Um, and then when I came back to wrestling, he was the biggest global superstar in, in the wrestling, in the wrestling world. So I missed the entire, it was a bit, a bit like Liverpool not being in the Champions League and missing Messi's entire career. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, we got him at the start and we got him at the end. Yeah. Um, he, um, yeah. So that, that I definitely had that like, probably a year or two into university when, you know, we had no, we had no money. We had a couple of like, we'd have like pay-per-view parties in the first year or two and, and a group of us would get together and stay up late and watch them. Um, but then after that, yeah, I kind of fell off for most of my twenties and it's only really in the last sort of five, six years or so I've, as a grown up who just loves nostalgia and stuff has kind of come back around to it really. I feel like there was definitely university when I felt comfortable, once I'd left school, basically, when I felt comfortable once again, like admitting that I was a wrestling fan. Um, but it's interesting the way it goes, definitely. I think, um, did you find that your um, kind of experience setting up Red Men as a fan channel and everything, was that a deliberate inclusion of the wrestling things you drop in or is that just totally just like- No, no. So the original pilot we did in the first studio setup, I had there, uh, there was a replica tag team, but one of the kiddie replica ones yeah. was on the set, you know, cause, cause for me, it was, that was, it was just a, that to do like a lad's living room type thing. Mm -hmm. That's everyone was into wrestling. All of our mates were into wrestling. And then we got, we, you know, we had those references and me and my cousin grew up together, you know, religiously watching David. He was the first one. He was a couple of years older than me and is someone in his street, like would tape it off sky and those tapes would get passed around. And they tell me about, you know, catch me up on the characters and stuff. So yeah. When, by the time I got to doing red men, to be honest, it's, it's funny because, it was more about 
what can I do? What can, what kind of content can I make? What do I know enough that I can just put myself in front of camera and talk about? And I could have, you know, wrestling was on the list of like if you know we tried some like um, sketch comedy stuff and music videos and stuff, and then like what can I do that's YouTube worthy? Well, if the Liverpool stuff doesn't work, then it's it's on to like it's on to wrestling and music <laughs> and films basically. So I might have ended up working my way down to the wrestling stuff, but it's. It, it was such a, a huge cultural point in our lives that it's a when you when you're in, including people you're making analogies you've got to refer to things that people understand and people around my my generation all all were obsessed with wrestling so when you make a reference whether it's a bit risque or it's or, you yeah. know, or whatever everyone gets it because everyone remembers the big all the big talking points the yeah. big we still do that it doesn't it doesn't matter thing it's ridiculous One, yeah, every yeah. six months i'll pull out of someone's being a bell end <laughs> you'll just ask them a simple question and say you know and shut them down yeah. with the rock and you and, and i've done that you do it on live streams because you do because it's because we're uh, ultimately you stay either 13 or 17 in your head forever <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um there seems to be I, I can definitely see a few parallels because with what we do, you know, we try and give kind of the, the fans opinion. Our reaction videos are something that I'm most proud of because when people say this feels like just watching wrestling with your mates, that's exactly the sort of point we want to hit. Um, is is that part of why, was that part of the kind of the mission statement, I suppose, behind yeah. behind Redman, you know, the fans perspective? Yeah. Well, like, again, we never claimed to be the fans we were just fans and you know and we we were going to go into the pub and watching these things and watching these things collectively and again we've been doing it with the, the wrestling wrestling and football were our two cultural touchstones on a weekly basis so you would whenever you caught up with your mates you, they're the things you talk about did you see raw this week you know did you see smackdown you'd be getting together with your mates and particularly that year in our late teens you know, getting the having it was the well the SmackDown games on the PS One mm-hmm. and the PlayStation Two as well, and getting the multi tap out and having Royal Rumbles. So that that was in your fixed part of your part of your life. So yeah, we were having all these conversations anyway. So and I remember just thinking, and I was a big Wayne's World fan as a kid as well, and thinking, well, yeah, do your own TV show. You know, actually a bit of a Seinfeld line, but it's like this is the show. You, know, you yeah. sat with your mates in the pub, five pints in, going, "This is it. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, the yeah. show. This is what we. Sh- this is what we should be doing." <laughs> and most people have had those conversations over the years, but we we went through it, yeah, and you know, got lambasted for a while, but eventually, eventually came through. Did you have any presenting experience before Redmen? Was that an avenue you would actively pursue? It? No, not at all. I, I, I um, it was that thing. I, I, I always say when you've got like you want to do like creative things. I think if you're a musician, you if you can play guitar, you can go and play the guitar. You know what I mean? If you can sing, you can go and sing. You don't need other people to contribute towards a, a creative outlet. Whereas I was like a writer director. And if you want to write and direct, you need something, you need to some people to maneuver around. And I couldn't, I didn't have that. And and I drafted me, me, me girlfriend, now wife in, I drafted me, ended up drafting me best mate in, uh, Chris Pajak, who's been the, the co-founder and co-host of Redmen for all these years with me. Um, but, Pardon me. I am, um, but I, yeah, I just needed to. I, I, I had no choice. It, it was me in, in my flat, and if I wanted to make videos, there needed to be someone on the other side of the camera. So yeah. I just was, oh God, I'll just do it. I mean, I worked behind a bar for ten years, so it was just effectively it was just doing that, but on your own in a room, as instead of having you know a dozen people in front of you at a bar. Fair enough. And, and another parallel that I, that I've kind of thought of there between what we do and what you do is that this will have obviously afforded you the chance 
to meet some of the people you're talking about, which is always bizarre at first. I remember Owen telling me that one day he was in your office and just Emil Heskey just walks in and he just was there. He said he was a lovely lad, though. He said he was a nice guy. Yeah, genuinely. He's as nice as you imagine Emil Heskey would be and probably nicer. Yeah. No, but I agree. That, yeah, that, that's mad. Um, and that's something that gets a little easier. I mean, it doesn't happen enough, but it's to the point where, like, there's a mad, I'm in a mad world now where when Jurgen Klopp sees me, his face lights up and that's weird. <laughs> like, you know, that's just, just weird. It's just a weird thing, but it's amazing. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I must admit it's, it's, it's a very, very, very cool mini tiny, tiny bonus of all the hours of hard work and graft and sacrifice that kind of goes into it. But I, the, the funny thing, I think that's the most similar to why I've got a lot of respect for, for, for you guys and what you did and obviously where you guys had to come from. And I don't know how much you obviously discuss yeah, your previous employers, you know, <laughs> on here. But yeah. I, you know, we'd we'd not quite come from another company, but obviously we'd set our own thing up and we'd set the subscription service. So it's ten years since we launched our mm. paywall. I mean, we had to copy the love film terms and conditions. That's how old it was wow. from back in the day. But seeing you guys doing what you did and the, and the process that you went through, like that's, yeah, that's why there's, I think there's, there's, there's definitely a lot of symbiosis in there of just going, actually, we think we, we, we back ourselves and we'll go out there and, and keep going. And hopefully people don't think we're knobheads, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and that'll give us the opportunity to go and do the, the cool things that we do. Um, well, thank you very much. First of all, I mean, um, it was, it was, very terrifying to be fair at the time, but yeah, uh, we do have to crack on and get back to wrestling. So what is your second um, wrestling match that you're taking to the desert island? Right. I have gone and this is, I, I, I'm saving my favorite, my absolute favorite for last. So this okay. is the, this middle one is the one I agonized over. Cause this is the one where I, I, I nearly went really hipster and was like, Oh my God, do I need to just catch up on AW or something to make myself seem like I know what I'm talking about. Um, but I didn't, uh, I had to go with, and, and I must admit, I had to research where this one came from. Cause okay. there's obviously been a few was, um, Tables, ladders, and chairs. WrestleMania 17 between mm-hmm. uh, the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudleys. Now they've they've had there was other matches and what have you. And the problem is, is like I, I nearly went with the Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match, mm-hmm. but obviously they've got a couple and they, they kind of blared in my mind as to which is which. But this one is like the the amount of spots in that match that are just forever seared into the brain and. A lot. The problem with anything, I, I, like TLC matches and that, and, and any, anything, any any ladder matches or table matches, anything. It's a bit like when you go back and watch the Naked Gun movies, and you realise that they're dead funny. But if you if you're coming to them new, they'd seem a bit old hat, I guess, in some regards because they've been so parodied so many times since the jokes are a bit old, that yeah. kind of thing. But I actually went back and and, and sort of watched it back earlier today just to refresh memory on the specifics of it it's just it's chaos it's madness <laughs> it's what it's it, you know it's 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 still fresh it's still amazing because like i think ladder matches work better in your memory because to the Shawn michaels razor and one in my mind as a child like Shawn michaels is on his tiptoes on the top of the ladder whereas when you watch it back razor remote's about three steps yeah. up you know and, and and that's inevitably the problem with them but going back and watching that and because it's the hardies of course it's just it's ludicrous because the amount of stuff they put the bodies through in that but yeah there's not there's not like 30 seconds that go back that goes by in that match where something mad doesn't happen uh, the one that sticks out the most to me is the edge spear in midair on jeff yeah. hardy when he's hanging from the belt that like, is just yeah. yeah it's crazy um yeah. i don't know whether it, it, it's very it's a very interesting point that you're saying there about how 
because that sort of match laid the groundwork for so much that we've seen after, it can seem a little bit, not basic, because that match is anything but basic, but I know what you mean. It can seem maybe a little bit unoriginal, out of context. And it made, I don't know whether it's just because I'm talking to a scouser, but it made me think of the Beatles, right? When I was younger, I said to, my dad's a big Beatles fan. And I said to him like, well, the songs sound really simplistic. They're like nursery rhymes. They're very basic. And my dad was like, no, they laid the groundwork for the next 50 years of music. Like that's yeah. what, that's why it sounds that way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and again, you know, you're seeing innovators coming up with stuff now, you know, but it's hard to top the things that they were doing in that match. And that's, that's the thing you, you top yourself with, Paid, like mm. you know, and, and Jeff Hardy being the the major proponent of that, of course. Although there is a moment in that match where I think it's Christian goes straight off a ladder in the center of the ring to outside, which is just, and I'm not sure how oh, planned that was. Where he disappears out of view, it's like the yeah, back of the ring, of yeah. the back of the ring, oh. he just drops the back of the ring, and it's almost like he's gone. And then they make they mention it, but they don't cut to it for yeah. a couple of minutes so the check he's not dead yeah and then they go to like the top camera above the above the belts and you see it happen and it's just yeah I got, and there's i mean again there's run-ins galore like lita comes in which of course again for for a young teenage man was one of the highlights of the of the year um that was very much again uh combat pants with the with the, with the thong pulled up was yeah. very much the, the the stuff of dreams for 17 18 year olds <laughs> in the early noughties of course um spike dudley comes in and starts cleaning the house rhinos in there for, mm. for you know for reasons that will be lost to time uh, and due to obvious obvious story reasons but none that i can remember uh, Looking back I on think it, he was but... just their mate. I think he's just their pal. Like... <laughs> I think he was um, Paul Heyman's pal more than anything else. Yeah, to be honest. yeah but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just it's fun. It's fantastic. And you're right, the spear thing. Because again, I was watching it back, and there's a build up to it where it, again, I think it's Christians hanging off the middle with one of the with one of the Dudleys, I think. And Jeff's coming along, and I was like, oh, and I was like, is this the moment? And then no, Jeff knocks them off, and he goes on, and then ah, oh, it's just yeah, it's 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 chaos but yeah I love the fact that it's chaos from three tag teams who were at the absolute peak of the powers so when you watch it back analytically which is I mean again it's met my football and brain kind of coming in you see the spots being set up yeah and you you realize how and when you realize you're 15 minutes 16 minutes into a match and there's Bubba Ray Dudley moving um, Jeff with hooking his legs onto a ladder to move him back so that he swings forward so that when he gets the impact, it's just pen, it's pendulum art perfect. Yeah, uh, it reminds me as I dread to think how young a lot of them are, especially Jeff Hardy in that match. Probably younger than I am now. And I'm getting to that stage in life where like half, if not more, of the players in the Premier League now are younger than me. And it just feels like you get a feeling like when you're like 18, yeah. you're like, oh, well, yeah. I can still achieve something because I'm, yeah. I'm young. Yeah, Jack, I, we, we, we're now in a world where everyone goes on about how old Cristiano Ronaldo and James Milner are, and they are two years younger than me. Um, so, yeah, there comes a point in your life where someone someone said to me the other day, he said, um, I came to the stark realisation that I'm not potential anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just me. No, not even in your, not even, like, I think I'd actually be exiting my prime years for a footballer now, which is horrible. Like, it's really, really not fair. Um, do you find that... Um, the culture around <laughs> Liverpool. I, I was going to try and shoehorn him in later on when we talked about music, but I think I probably should now because I've been hammering a lot of Jamie Webster recently. Oh, when, yeah. I, when I learned that he wasn't just Liverpool songs and he was actually more like, um, he's, he's just released an album, I think, a second one. And it's mm-hmm. it's all like not normal songs, like as in non, non-football anthems, basically. Um, do you find that the culture around Liverpool 
has changed in these recent, like in the Klopp years, basically? Yeah, so what what's happened is uh, Jürgen Klopp made it not embarrassing to embrace culture and songs and, and being loud and stuff. So I, I, I kind of equate it to, it stems from the match. So you, have you ever think, I don't know what your school was like, but mine was very, like, very traditional. I describe it as being like Hogwarts without the magic. It was just a, <laughs> a horrendous school experience, but it was like, you'd go and you'd sing hymns at school or, and, you, and you know, you'd have church going days in the early days where you'd have to sing hymns. And as a kid, it was all just a bit embarrassing. Mm. But there's nothing more embarrassing than half-heartedly doing something. And that's Jürgen Klopp is like, you either go all in or you go all out. And yeah. if you want to go all in, then I will, I will love you for it and I will thank you for it and I will support you for it. And that creates, so he's running around and jumping around and, and embracing it all. It makes you go, yeah, go on. I'll have a, I'll have a bit of that. And then, yeah, it's just got, it's come from there. And Liverpool have actually done a good job because I think, you know, there's a cynical side of it that says, you know, they've cashed in and they, they certainly have in some regards, but that cultural side of things is, is absolutely massive. And just, you know, you know, you mentioned the Beatles thing and I saw people roll their eyes when they, at some point when they talk about it and, you know, it's, it's been, it's been Liverpool association for so long, but it's kind of how you're raised, you know, that that musical culture is a massive part of what you do and that carried on into the match and the songs that they had sung on the terrace and then just converting that to be Liverpool things. And Jamie Webster's cropped up as this poster child for all. He's a brilliant fella as well. Like I class him as a mate. He's a, he's a really good guy. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, we're putting, Liverpool are putting on like Nebworth, Glastonbury style gigs for 50, 60, 70,000 people singing yeah. songs. It's just, yeah, that's been, and that's been the market difference that, yeah, it's not just, it's, it's, it's given a platform for the local lads to, to, to shine and go, look, look at, look at what we do. Look at, look at us come and, come and get involved with this. You know what I mean? As opposed to trying to do, a, there's a lot of things that clubs do that try to manufacture these things. Instead, they've just gone, they've highlighted what's being done as opposed to trying to do their own thing. I think that's definitely the right way to go about it. And and I suppose the, the way you were talking about it there, you've either got to be all in or, or all out when it comes to supporting a, a team in that way. I imagine it invites a lot of sneering from other fan bases, especially because Liverpool are a team in the, in the big four, the big six or whatever. There's a lot of toxicity online between... Fans often not even not even from Liverpool, not even from England, who support like Lionel Messi or something. There's a lot of discourse on social media that can be infuriating to like people who've been football fans since they were kids, basically. And yeah. I, th- I think that's similar with wrestling as well, with the recent AW rise. It's very partisan at the moment online. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a very interesting thing. It's it's something I've been paying paying attention to because um the football fan base in Liverpool have developed this more, particularly this summer, it's been horrendous. It's been just a core of Liverpool, purported Liverpool fans, because they're all, of course. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And an, an anonymous accounts and, yeah. and what have you. Um, not people that you're seeing on the, the street and can and can verify have been really horrible and, and really taken out, you know, taken out on people who've got decent and you know and, and level-headed opinions on things. Mm. And social media has become increasingly increasingly toxic. But I, I see it because I've got to, obviously I follow you guys and I know um, like Louis Dango writes for Give Me Sports, yeah. a good friend of Red Men, and I see him re- responding to things. And I've got friends who actually work in the uh, the gaming industry as well because I did a lot of the I did a, some oh, sports to me across sports and stuff. It's across the board, isn't it? There's just dickheads everywhere. Yeah, the point yeah. I'm driving at, and, and the problem is, is anything that drives opinion. Instead of going, oh wow, that's a fascinating opinion you've got on that. How did you come to that? Let's have a chat about it. Which what it used to be ten years ago. Now it's just people going. You can't even say nice things anymore without someone going, <laughs> no, you're, that's stupid, and telling you why your nice thing that you've said to encourage someone is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's it's madness. And and the good thing that the, the only note of encouragement is that. It exists in wrestling, it exists in gaming, it exists in football. It is just proof that there's just horrible people everywhere and not to therefore worry about it because it's yeah. not your little niche corner. It's nothing you're doing. It's just, and, and I think wrestling's probably the prime. I, I find it mad because there's, there's, the, look, the release of the Snyder Cut was a great example of this, wasn't it? How like the, the Justice League stuff be, ended up being a, this horrible negative toxicity around, around everything because you're right, you've got people just love to be entrenched in things. Mm-hmm. And they just love to, to go to war and die on mad hills for, again, five minutes of entertainment on your phone here and there. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. I dread, I dread to think sometimes what it'll be like in another 10 years. Hopefully it'll have gone the other way a little bit, but I guess we'll have to wait and well, see. Can you imagine the uh, the Monday Night Wars if that was played out uh, in the social media era? It wouldn't be as good, well, it would be worse because it would be so no. petty. And yeah. DX would have been getting stabbed by real people outside <laughs> yeah. of the outside of the WCW arena. You know, you know, yeah. our, our fans would have literally stormed the gates of things because they wouldn't have got. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, funny. Um, the reason that I, I, I first became aware of Jamie Webster because of your content around the Champions League final in Madrid, which I have to say, watching it just made for anybody who hasn't seen it, and and I'm not a Liverpool fan, but it made me so impressed and envious as a Sunderland fan with not a lot going on at the minute. Although we did beat QPR the other day on penalties. So that's good. Um, but um, the, the, what it was like the, the main square, one of the squares in Madrid is like, was it a proper official like fan area? Cause it's yeah, just, it the- it, it's mobbed with, with Liverpool fans and it looks like a crazy atmosphere. Yeah. So it was the official fan park. So they'd done it the year earlier in Kiev, but mm. it wasn't quite as big as the, 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 the square. It wasn't really square. It was a, it was a mad park. It wasn't set up to have a, you know, everyone looks in one way at mm-hmm. a stage. So the next year in Madrid is the Felipe Plaza. And it's just a big straight run. There's a mad, there's a mad Salvador Dali statue or whatever yeah. in the in the middle of it. And literally, you know, I I, I was lucky enough because I was I was there and I was backstage for that to get up on the stage and look and realize that you you've no idea where the fans end. Yeah, because you can't see. It's like to the horizon almost as people as far as they, they reckon there was seventy thousand Liverpool fans turned up. You know, when there was probably there, I think thirty five. Liverpool tickets, you know, there was there was basically almost double that 
just went to Madrid just for the experience. And there's Webster going up and crying his eyes out on stage and pounding his chest and stuff. Yeah, it was um that I say I equated to like when Oasis go on about Nebworth and mm-hmm. in the nineties. That was, you know, to, to do that in a football sense was unreal. Yeah, it looks it looks absolutely incredible. I I think that um part of to try and kind of I guess make a it, there's nothing that can really compare to football at, in terms of wrestling fans because it's a much different medium. But I think that maybe AEW have brought back a lot of the passion behind wrestling, I suppose, at least in my opinion, anyway. I don't know how clued up you are on AEW, though. You were mentioning that you don't know. Yeah, I, to be fair, I mean, I it's only the last few years. So I'm, I'm well aware of AEW, and I, I wouldn't say I've ever I've ever really consumed it. But what it's, I think the NXT has got a similar thing as well, to, to be honest. I, all of my friends who, are, who, have, who have stuck out as, as week-in, week-out wrestling fans, have I've got uh, my brother-in-law, Chester and, and his wife and my sister-in-law as well, Hannah, have been huge wrestling fans the whole time. So they've been like trying to drag me back into and they've been going, NXT, NXT, get on NXT. We went to watch some of the UK shows and we went to we went to the Blackpool takeover for that. And that, that was you get that real sense of like that people who just bought into the idea of wrestling again and being yeah. entertained by the spectacle that you see in front of you. Um was I compared I went to I went to watch the when they did the taping of Raw uh, at the Liverpool Echo Arena, which is probably 10 years ago now. Um NXT Takeover in Blackpool was much better than Raw inside the full arena because I mean, I know apparently Vince wanted to get rid of that, the one fall thing, like the chant thing. I oh, thought okay. it, was the best, it was the best thing I've ever, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. just shout, uh, parroting one fall was one yeah. of my favourite moments, the whole thing. Just having a reason to be excited about being in the arena. But yeah, yeah that that plus AEW, it's nice because this is the problem with monopolies, isn't there? Yeah. You know, wrestling was never better than when, you know, WCW and WWF were going head to head because it was something, there was something driving them on. Football now just like Liverpool and Man City going 98 and 97 points for the league title. Um, yeah, definitely. That season was crazy. I, I remember I wanted Liverpool to win that season. And I was um I was abroad watching it in a hotel room, the game when Vincent Company scored that screamer. And I was just like, I was actually quite gutted because I've been living with Owen and stuff. And like I've kind of come to like Liverpool are probably like the, the big four team that I sympathize the most with or want to win. Just because I like the football they play, like they play some cracking stuff. And I just remember that company goal, just thinking, what has this season been? Because because it was just such a two-horse race, but in the best way. Yeah. Um, but yes, now I guess before we reveal your final match, we'll do the uh, the bonus round. So I'm uh, first of all going to ask for one movie uh, to take on the desert island. So, yeah, again... Uh, this, it's so hard. One's ridiculous, and, and I know that's the point. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, I t- I I flip flop between two. I I, I, I t- it depends on me in the company I'm normally in. I, I I tend to say Shawshank Redemption when I'm trying to come across as knowledgeable. But the truth of the matter is, it's Back to the Future. Oh yes, what a shout! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I so I'm looking my my my. My son is nine now and he is absolutely obsessed because I have brainwashed him to be obsessed with all the things that I was obsessed with. <laughs> so like he, he, I find him watching their movies on his own now. And we've got like all the, the toys and the, you know, and all, all and he's got the Playmobil sets and all that kind of stuff. But that moment where, you know, and, and spoilers for a film that's like 40 years old now, um, where Doc has to connect the, the, the connector and the car is barreling towards the line. I still, like 
t- tense up at that moment. <laughs> like, you know, I still like find myself clenched and that. If there's ever a remark of a good film, it's definitely something that still elicits an emotional response even after like probably 30, 40 viewings. Mine was when I did, when it was, when I was kind of in the hot seat, I chose um, School of Rock as well. Cause it's just a very fun, really enjoyable film. Back to the future though. Um, I, I think the scene that makes me get a bit like, hairs on the on the back of the arms and stuff is when it's revealed that the doc has remembered to put on his bulletproof vest and he's actually survived and i was like oh he's done it yes yeah, yeah. huge huge yeah. pop for the doc yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kicked well, out yeah yeah absolutely yeah. no it's but it's, it's tons of moments like that and and it's i I, I, had a, I put a question out on Twitter years ago. It was like, if you were, if you had an action figure made of you and you could have like two accessories, what would they be? And it's, it's hoverboard and lightsaber because when you were a kid, when I kid growing up, you wanted to be Martin McFly and Luke Skywalker because they were like, they had, they had, they, had, they bought all the little hallmarks of things that you just, which is cool. You know, having, having the vehicles and accessories is what you, what you wanted when you when you're growing up and Marty doing the thing where he's on the skateboard and he's escaping from Biff and then he it's the it's the that heroic the 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 score soars and he and he the, the skateboard runs under the car and he climbs over yeah. it and then he gets away and then they crash into the manure truck and it's just oh it's just the film's perfect. It's an it's just absolutely perfect. You mentioned the score there. So do you is it one of those films for you where Obviously, as a kid, you enjoy it on a really naive level. But then I imagine the score isn't something you really thought about then. But as you've gone back and watched it, do you find that there's new stuff to enjoy every time? I think there's imperfect films. You can always find something new about it on a rewatching. And there's a handful of films like that, like The Big Lebowski's like that for me as well, where I, I can go back and watch that and go, oh God, The Dark Knight's like that as well, um, where you, you just something else that you notice and you think, oh God, that's fine. I mean, it, like Back to the Future is so layered like that. You know, it goes back to the the blink or you'll miss it. It's the Twin Pines Mall at the start, but he runs the tree over when he goes back to the past. And then it's the Lone Pines Mall when he returns. Oh, and, right. You know, never, that's you're like, right. Okay, right. Yeah. That's like, you know, and then, but there's tons, tons of those things. But you're right, like the things like the score, like I, had the, I got the CD soundtrack when I was a teenager mm. because, because yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proper geek for, for, for Back to the Future. Well, that brings us on nicely to the music section. So which album, this was, this was the hardest one for me, I think. So which, what's yeah. your album of choice? This is yeah. This is absolutely brutal because how do you pick a how do you pick a genre? And years gone by, I'd have cheated and gone like you know like the, the White Album by the Beatles because at least it was two CDs. Mm. Um, you know, you know, in, in pure Desert Island uh, sort of statue. But I don't know. I I I I and between something by Oasis, something by the Beatles, something by Metallica, something by Foo Fighters, Green Day. Because again, just those sort of seminal albums as you're growing up. I, th- oh, I think I, I think I've settled on SM by Metallica. Okay. Um because um look if you're stuck on a desert island you're gonna need a lift and you know having you know Lars Ulrich power drumming with strings <laughs> and orchestra behind just something that's gonna get you out of bed even in the most miserable of uh, of days. But it was a very tough very, very, very tough selection. I was praying that you'd go for Oasis or Green Day because I actually know about them, but I'm not a big metal person. Well, okay, at all. Well, no, for, no, don't worry. The, I can, I can, I can no, accept it. It but... could have been morning. It could have been morning glory just as easily, which is, okay. which again, it's like the, again, the, the the more the cooler choice is definitely maybe, but morning glory's got more rise and fall to it, which I think you need. Um, 
in an album. Again, would you say that these sort of bands, Metallica and, and Oasis and stuff, were they the bands that that you were getting into at, at like a formative stage, like like sort of yeah. early teens and that? Yeah, because again, being from Liverpool, raised on the Beatles, like our first CD player, <laughs> which again, it's just every, every word that's come out of my mouth on this podcast has aged me tremendously. <laughs> but um, like our first CD player, we had Sgt. Peppers and I think like True Blue we might, by Madonna and it was, that, yeah, it was all you could listen to. So early formative days of working out as I turned the CD player on and my dad, having that kind of musical background um, and then going into the 90s and then yeah Britpop and Oasis being the biggest the biggest thing going and that was yeah I was absolutely I was an Oasis completist in the 90s where I had to have every song on every you know every b-side every vinyl every single every video I you know I've still got this my this is one of our offices in the studio my actual office which is next door has got like MTV unplugged on VHS that I recorded off the telly for them so and then as I got older and it, it goes with the rest and stuff actually it's why the attitude here fits perfectly for me is getting into metal uh, and, and rock and all like and, and and punk and stuff and you know like yeah metallica being be massive around that time and you know the wrestling themes all having a bit i mean mm. again if you had to pick a song it's like uh one of a kind by breaking point for rob van damme you mm. know is it uh, but off the back of it being Pantera, Pantera and, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, no, it was that was very much like those formative early teens into twenties. Yeah, it was that was the sort of the the, the transition point for me. Do you, have you been to see the Oasis Nebworth documentary? I know that's out recently. No, it's very no. much on the Christmas list that I've been mm. pushing under my wife's nose for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for it to come out either. But um, what's the final one? Luxury item. What is your luxury item as well for the desert island? Um, yeah, I mean, like, if, I, if I'm being honest, if it was like, if I, if I was in I'm a celebrity sort of it'd probably be like hair gel or something but you know <laughs> if I'm if I'm on an island on my own and there's no cameras around it's probably me I'd go I'm gonna go with a PSP okay yeah a PlayStation Portable because it's yeah it's just the best handheld console handheld console ever. I know the Game Boy and look I'll be honest that you know if I, I, I did consider the original Game Boy because if there were wild predators around I could probably beat one to death with the original <laughs> Game Boy yeah. um but the, the PSP in terms of you know the, the amazing games it had it had the stripped down versions of the PS2 games so you can get a decent Smackdown game on it you can get a Tony Hawk's game on there you can get a, a Need for Speed you can get a Burnout you can get all the games that were like again the best the best of the best you can get them in your pockets and you can put all emulators on them when you hacked it so yeah PSP <laughs> fair enough if I could give you I'll say three games to take as well Wow. Uh, okay. Pro Evo Six. Uh, any of the SmackDown games, and then whatever Tony Hawk. I think I think on the PSP it's Tony Hawk's Pro uh, Underground Two. I think was the first one that was out on there. So not my favourite one, but you know if I if I could somehow shoe on Tony Hawk's Three onto there, then I'd be laughing. Fantastic stuff. Right. What is your third and final uh, wrestling match to take onto the island? Wow, this was the one when you asked the question. This was the one that went bang like, no questions. It's in there. I don't care what people think of me, or you know, it, it's it is without a shadow of a doubt. It's this one, and it is. And I apologize because some people will again be like, we'll probably go like, what it is Hulk Hogan versus Sid. Oh, WrestleMania 8. Okay. This feels like a childhood one. This feels 100%. like yeah, a nostalgia pick. Hundred percent. This is not. This is and and this is actually not even for the match. Uh, this is solely for the greatest hairs on the back of your neck moments as a kid, 
and it's the match is over. And the commentator said, I think it's Bobby the Brain Heenan says, um, it's got uh, Papa Shango's come out with, and he's battering them, and Hogan's tied up in the ropes. And Heenan says, he hasn't got a friend left. <laughs> and the ultimate warrior music kicks in on that note. No, 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 no. And, and it's the warrior's music. And warrior comes pelting down and they clean house. And then there's the big moment where the two biggest stars of your childhood are in the ring together and they're mates for once. And, and, and of course you're a child. So you overlook the fact that everything about that ending is botched in every single possible <laughs> way. The timings are horrendous. Um, yeah, the Godfather absolutely screws up his entrance and all that kind of stuff. It's just th- the bit that gets me the most is that he's he misses his cue. I don't know if it's his fault or not, but when it cuts to him on his way, if it was me, I'd be like, "Oh no, I'm late. I'm sprinting down." He's having a bit of a like a saunter down the ramp, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or not down yeah. the ramp, even like through the through from the, the back, through. like through the side. Yeah, yeah. but no, I, I can totally get it. I remember talking to uh, Michael Hamflet, who's uh, what culture about. He was a huge Ultimate Warrior fan when he was a kid. And I remember saying, because I was a little bit later on, I was born in the early 90s. I remember being like, why why Warrior? Like, clearly when you look at him, he's so cheesy and so rubbish and stuff. And he was saying, no, Hogan was the cheesy one for me. When I was getting into wrestling, Warrior was the new cool thing. Was that yeah. the same for you as well? 100%, exactly that. Like, I, To be fair, again, I was a bit younger. So like, I had an, my older cousin, Neil, was... I was just always a bit older and a bit cooler than me. So Warrior was his his favourite because that's exactly that. You know, Hulk Hogan was the one who he went through all that. You know, he'd just been there, done it, and it was a bit cheesy and, you know, say your prayers and eat your vitamins and all that kind of stuff in the American way, which, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but Hogan's entrance music is still the greatest song ever committed to uh, to, to, to tape. Um, and, yeah, Warrior was just a bit more... I suppose it's the, the best equivalent for the generation later is like Goldberg, isn't it, where you've just got this unstoppable... Force who comes in and he hasn't got he's just a bit mad and wild and wrestling at that time it's mad to think of it now because you know when we're in the AW era and the NXT and the, the re-rise of the indies and the focus has come back on the technical ring work yeah you know like Bret Hart would have been the best would have been the the, the greatest thing ever if he'd existed in the modern in the in, in modern times um but wrestling at that time it was it was so new it was so unlike anything that you'd ever seen. And like I equate it to the first time I ever saw like a, an, a, an NES and like seeing a games console. And it was so, it was like, a, oh God, I sound 3,000 years old, but it was like <laughs> seeing a, 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 an interactive cartoon. It was mad. And seeing yeah. wrestling and seeing the ultimate warrior coming down with the face paint on and his undies with these tassels flailing everywhere and being the, like a, like a strong, the strongest man on, 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 on the planet was just mesmerizing. It was, it was funny. And it was funny. And like my dad loved it and my uncle loved it. And my uncle loves nothing. He's like the most, <laughs> the most, just like jaded man on the face of planet Air. But he would, he thrilled and marvelled over it. And yeah, Hulk Hogan was the one for the kids. But the warrior was like, you were still kids, but maybe like, if you were under ten, you loved Hogan. If you were like eleven or twelve, Ultimate Warrior was was the one. And yeah, them coming together was just like a like you see it now when you see like I mean. A, You've got CM Punk coming back and still having those impacts on people. But to see, I mean, Warrior was gone and just for him to just, uh, that, uh, the running to end all run-ins for a young kid is to have uh, Warrior come in there. I, I would equate it to um, when Austin saved The Rock at Backlash 2000. It's a little bit sort yeah. of similar. There's obviously differences yeah. in tone and, and all that sort of stuff. But 
it's it's what you say about like the two heroes are, are like friends now and it's just he's actually helped him out it wrestling's like a weird i feel like uh, so many people have said it as well but i feel like there's there's really nothing quite like it it's a very unique art form i suppose and it can because of that it kind of brings out a, a sort of a fandom that you can't really apply to anything else yeah i, I and i'm i must admit i i because i've watched uh, you know even going back to the the, the what culture days and stuff like and obviously adam's like how i would the book stuff and there's a fascination to that because of like the because because you can choose to do whatever you want you know that that's what there's there's a there's a brilliance about wrestling to that fact, but also it's it's pure spectacle. Like you know, I I I'm I'm jealous on that because covering football, you've got no sort of you don't feel like you've got a, a choice in it. You can't go. Here's what I would have. Here's really what I would have done because it's a football match and there's eleven lads who've got to go out and it's pure. Obviously, there's pure random chance, but. The, the the wrestling stuff. I, I I Vince McMahon is on my list of all time heroes because <laughs> I, you know no because I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a miniature I'm a, I'm a benign dictator like Vince as well. <laughs> office, so it's uh, everything. I, I I definitely hold him up on a on a pedestal more than I would do the the, the athletes or the entertainers or whatever. Um, but I love the idea of that of like the, the guys sit in the room and just go. What's the most interesting thing that we could make happen here, and then testing it, yeah. and then seeing how it seeing how it works out? I, I just, I, yeah, it, it's absolutely fascinating. And the, the, the proof of the pudding is that is what the lockdown wrestling, and how I've I fell off big time. I watched that. I watched the first of the lockdown WrestleManias and didn't go back for a whole year until the, you know the, until they brought crowds back because. I really struggle to suspend my disbelief without an audience. Mm. And I think the audience is what, again, it goes back to that, the, the Hogan and Rock. If if you had to do that without an audience, that is not a good wrestling match. Yeah. Because the audience make that match yeah. what it is. And that's the beauty. And that's why, you know, it works across football and a variety of sports. But that's what makes wrestling unique. It's pantomime yeah. mixed with... So it's just a sort of high drama, lowbrow drama, but sport in, in as well, because to that point, everyone goes on about the, you know, botches and matches. It's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, have you been to like, I've got kids, so I go to like soft play, soft play and I go to parks. It's hard enough getting up a slide you know, <laughs> when you get into your 30s, let alone the idea of balancing on a turnbuckle, you know, with... 30, 40,000 people all baying for blood around you and stuff. Yeah, it is. That's why I adore wrestling. I just, it is the ultimate sort of creative, you know, free form, art form, you know, that you can, that you can get the, the instant feedback, the gratification, the stories, the, the you know, like the physical uh, exertions and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's unparalleled. I found that when, when, when football went through its lockdown period as well, even I, I couldn't fall off wrestling because it, it was my job. I had to keep watching it, but I did. I, I didn't fall off football, but I was certainly less interested in like watching match of the day every weekend and stuff. Yeah. Because again, in a way, like maybe not as directly, but crowds, I think we all learned make sport as well. A lot as well. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Cause you go, you've got to run. But And again, definitely football and particularly Liverpool are very much a team that's like, it's built on its collectivism of we all hurt. So I don't care how much you hurt. I, you know, I, I do, but I hate as well. So let's all hate together. And that's how Liverpool are sort of formed. And wrestling's a lot like that. You know, it, you it's just, you just, it's like, I can't, I can't get on with like those really, really low end indies where you, you're doing that, you're jumping off, you, you're putting your body through torture for 12 people. And I know it's part of the ring craft and getting there and, you know, and as long as you've got that process there, that's obviously fine. But without the crowds, 
it's a bit like, oh God, like what, why? You know, when you see like that? those de- de- death matches from the nineties in front of like fifty people with barbed wire and stuff, you think of fuck me, like you know what? Don't what? What are you doing? But the crowd is the there's the reason for it, the entertainment value, the idea that you'll just go five percent more or you'll try something this one time that you would never do if it was pre-recorded or you'd have you'd go it'll take me 20 takes so i won't you know i wouldn't do i wouldn't do this 20 times but you'll gamble on it working the one time the shane mcmahon the you know the coast to coast stuff oh. and, and half of the stuff shane mcmahon does he was probably my favorite wrestler in the noughties yeah. yeah which is mad but he was because the, the stuff that he would do was just yeah, yeah, out of this world. I think the story is really key as well. If you're jumping off through a million tables for no reason, it doesn't have the same. It's all backed by the narrative, yeah. um, in the, in a similar way to football as well. But um, uh, I suppose um, I suppose we'll bring this to an end. Thank you very much, and certainly don't feel ashamed about your picks because um, you know it, it it really gives a window into the guest every time. So it's it's always nice to see what people what people go for. Um, Jack, I'm going to walk away from this and three much better choices are going to immediately <laughs> come to mind that I'm going to regret it for yeah. all time. But I will, I will never regret that WrestleMania 8 pick because like I like I led that tape to friends around school, you know, and everyone watched that because it was the biggest thing ever. So yeah. Well, fair play. Uh, thanks very much for coming on as well. Um, if you want to check out Paul, you can, well, if you want to check out Redmen, you can, uh, do you want to do, you want to do, do you want to give the links yourself? Yeah, if you're even remotely into Liverpool Football Club, we've got our YouTube channel channel which is redmen tv we've also got our aforementioned um subscription service which is redmen plus which is a bit like the wwe network but for liverpool fans um yeah um uh, yeah th- th- there's, there's that of course and i've got my own my own channel which is mage tv and, and i'm the paul machin on twitter so yeah hit me up if you want to chat wrestling and footy thanks very much i should also before i forget as well thank you as a representative of liverpool for fabio barini who became <laughs> who became my favorite player of my adult life, I think. Of my adult, he's not Phillips, he's not Quinn, but Fabio yeah. Barini saved us. For, oh, but I, I just love that man so much. I think he's in Turkey at the minute, but what a guy. Someone's got to love him. And Well, Liverpool fans say this as well. I remember him scoring in like, you beat Newcastle like 6-0 at St. James's Park or whatever. And this guy I'd never heard of scores the sixth and goes absolutely wild. I'm thinking, who's this guy? A season later, he's scoring the winner in a derby. And I just thought, he's my absolute hero. I love was it 13-14? He was on loan. Was he on loan at he, you guys? He was. Yeah. And he, he was also trying to win the league for Liverpool because he kept scoring yes. against the yes. other top four clubs. It was that, crazy. That's how I remember him as that guy, as the as the X Factor uh, play, playing for Sunderland. Yeah. He, he broke Mourinho's unbeaten streak at Stamford Bridge. With a penalty, but he didn't do that then. He did a, he, was, he could have been a good wrestler because he knew the moment needed something different and he just gave it a little fist bump. I was like, what a man, <laughs> what a man. Anyway, thank you very much for being on, Paul. Long live Fabio Barini, of course. Of course. And thank you all for checking it out too. Um, stay safe out there, stay positive, and I'll see you very soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. 
<clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 